This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Let George Do It was an American radio drama series produced from 1946 to 1954 by Owen and Pauline Vincent. Bob Bailey starred as private investigator George Valentine. Valentine's secretary was Claire Brooks, a.k.a. Brooksy, and that was voiced by several uh, lady actors, Frances Robinson, then by Virginia Grigg, and finally by Lillian Bayef. The few earliest episodes were more sitcom than private eye shows, with a studio audience providing scattered laughter. Well, that program then changed into a suspenseful, tough-guy private eye series. It was sponsored by Standard Oil of California, now known as Chevron. And clients came to Valentine's office after reading a newspaper that carried his classified ad, Personal Notices. Dangers, my stock in trade. If the job's too tough for you to handle, you've got a job for me. George Valentine, right? Full details. And that ad varied from show to show, but always opened with danger. It's my stock in trade and closed with right full details. As Valentine made his rounds in search of perpetrators, he occasionally encountered Police Lieutenant Riley, played by Walter Mahar. Well, the background music was supplied by Eddie Dunstetter initially with his full orchestra. But when television supplanted radio as the country's primary home entertainment, radio budgets got skimpier and skimpier. And Dunstetter's orchestra, well, it was replaced by an organ played by Dunstetter. Wow, what a bit of a come down, huh? Tonight's episode is called The Brookdale Orphanage. <laughs> neighborhood Chevron gas station invites you to Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Compounded Motor Oil. do it. That's the slogan George Valentine hung in his office when he got out of the army with an idea and not much money to back it up. When a client shows up with a problem, George is happy. When no client appears, George is still happy. The worry department is handled by his secretary, Claire, and her brother, Sonny. Right now, George is sitting in his office when suddenly he hears a commotion outside. Claire. Hey, Claire, come in here. What's the matter, Mr. Valentine? Oh, what's all that noise about? Well, there's a crowd outside our office building. Really? Oh, I wonder what's wrong. Oh, no, it must be some celebrity. Yeah, there. They're getting autographs. Golly, look at the mob. 
Well, it must be someone very famous. Maybe it's the president. Or Donald Duck. I'm going downstairs to see. No, Claire, you stay here. That mob will tear you to pieces. I got it. I got his autograph. Sonny. Sonny, look at your shirt. It's in shreds. Oh, it's a little thing like a shirt. I got his autograph. Look, see? Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones? Jimmy Jones? Jeepers, don't you even know who he is? <laughs> Wait a minute. Don't tell me. Let me guess. I know. He's a fullback for Notre Dame. A player named Jones on the Notre Dame squad? Oh, now I know, of course. Jimmy Jones, he's an actor. He plays in cowboy pictures. He's not just an actor. He's a hero. Mr. Valentine, you know Thunderbolt, don't you? <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever had the pleasure. Well, Thunderbolt's as famous as Jimmy Jones. It's his horse. Did you get his autograph, too? Well, the crowd's practically gone. Yeah, now maybe we can get a little work done in this office. That is, uh, if you feel up to it, Sonny. Uh, I beg your pardon, but I'm looking for George Valentine. Well, you found him. Come right on in. Thanks. You're Mr. Valentine. That's right. Say, haven't we met before? Your face looks awfully familiar. You know, I was just going to say the same thing to you. Your face looks awfully familiar, too. Mr. Valentine, it's Jimmy Jones. You've seen him in the movie. Oh, well, sure, of course. Sonny, is this your hero? Sonny. Sonny. He's petrified. Jimmy Jones. Standing right in front of me. <laughs> He's one of your many fans, Mr. Jones. Well, that's awfully nice of you, Sonny. May I shake your hand? My my hand? <laughs> this is your hand, Sonny. Come on, put it out. Glad to know you, Sonny. I'll never wash it again. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Sonny's sister, my secretary, Claire Brooks. Oh, right, Miss Briggs. Uh-uh, don't shake her hand. Look what it did to Sonny. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Valentine, I've heard about you, and I'm hoping that maybe you can help me. Well, I've never failed anyone yet. Uh, sit down, Mr. Jones. I wish you'd call me Jimmy. Okay, Jimmy. I hope Claire and Sonny won't mind, but <laughs> this matter's a little confidential. It's nothing I'm ashamed of, understand, but I've got to keep it quiet for business reasons. Well, you can trust us, Jimmy. Oh, you've nothing to worry about on that score, Mr. Jones. We won't say a word. I'd die first. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see, die first. Now go right ahead. Well, the trouble is the kids like me. Maybe they like me because I like them. I'm crazy about kids, George, and I, I'd never want to disappoint them. I just can't let them down. Well, of course not. Why would you let them down? Maybe you've heard. I, I was raised in an orphanage, the Brookdale Orphanage. And every year, Thunderbolt and I put on a benefit performance for them. Naturally, they expect me to be there this year, too. Naturally. And they'll expect to see me riding my horse, Thunderbolt. Naturally. George, Claire, Sonny, you mustn't breathe a word of this to anyone. You, you disappoint kids all over the world. Cross my heart. We promise. Well, go ahead, Jimmy. What's the matter? Well, I'm afraid of horses. <laughs> You're what? Oh, you can't be. Suffering cat. You see, we were shooting a picture and something frightened Thunderbolt. He shied and stumbled. He threw you? That's right, and then he stepped on me. Oh, how awful. Oh, it was an accident. Thunderbolt didn't mean to hurt me, but I was laid up for a long time. After that, I, I just couldn't get up enough nerve to ride him. Or for that matter, to ride any horse. Yeah, but, Jimmy... I know it sounds silly, George. I keep telling myself that, but it doesn't do any good. Oh, sure, sure, I understand. Well, what about your career? Well, since the accident, they have a double who does the riding for me. Oh, I see. If this came out, you'd be through in pictures. Oh, that's not important. Think of the kids. Why, if they found out, they wouldn't believe in anything anymore. Well, that settles it, Jimmy. You can't make a personal appearance at the Brookdale Orphanage this year. You can't take the chance. But, George, those kids are looking forward to it. Your trouble is that you're too sentimental about kids. Now, you have nothing more to worry about, Jimmy. I'm in complete charge. I was hoping you'd say that. I'll tell them you had a nervous breakdown or something. 
You can send Thunderbolt with one of his trainers. Oh, but they want to see me ride him. The kids will never forgive me. Now, you leave that to me, will you, Jimmy? I'll take care of them. I know just how to handle kids. Mrs. Martin is the superintendent of the orphanage. She's in the play yard with the children now, but I'll get it for you, Mr. Valentine. Oh, thanks, miss. Uh, Just tell her it's about Jimmy Jones. I'm sort of taking charge of things for it. Oh, you know Jimmy Jones. Yes, of course. Oh, I'd love to have his autograph. Oh, uh, are you anybody? Uh, no. Nobody much. <laughs> Would you tell Mrs. Martin we're here? Oh, yes, of course. Just make yourself right at home. I'll only be a minute. Mrs. Valentine, what are you going to tell Mrs. Martin? Just that Jimmy's been working too hard. And that he can't appear here, that's all. There's nothing to it. Oh, those poor kids. Oh, now, Claire, you're making too much of this. You're as bad as Jimmy. It's ridiculous worrying about a bunch of kids. He's got to protect his career. But he means so much to them. Now, listen, Claire. He can't appear at the benefit. Do you understand? Anyway, the kids are more interested in seeing his horse. That's not true. Well, Jimmy can send over some ice cream and cake. That'll get them. Just fill up their stomachs and they'll be happy. Mr. Valentine, how can you be so hard-boiled? I just face facts, that's all. Oh, I'm going to wait outside. Claire. I prefer fresh air. Women. Hello? Oh, hello. What's your name? Where do you live? Well, I... How old are you? Oh, hey, now hold everything. Why the third degree, honey? What's the third degree? Do you always talk in questions? What did you say? (laughs) Now, wait a minute. Look, we're not getting anywhere this way. My name is George. Never mind the rest. Now, come on. Tell me something about yourself. I've got a pet mouth. Oh, yeah? A white one with a long tail. Really? What's his name? George. George. (laughs) (laughs) What a coincidence. I just named him George. Oh, I see. Well, thank you, honey. That's that's quite a compliment. Do you know any games? Games? uh, Well, now, let's see. Uh... I used to play some games with my nieces. What are nieces? Uh, what are nieces? Well, uh, nieces are, uh, well, they're, well, they're people. <laughs> I mean, uh, well, I'm their uncle, see? So that makes them my nieces. You get it? I don't have any uncle. Oh, well, that's tough, honey. But I have a brother. Well, wonderful. I always say there's nothing like a brother. Why, that's a million times better than an uncle. Jimmy Jones is my brother. Jimmy Jones? He told all us kids he'd be our big brother. So now we each have a family, don't we? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, Look, honey, uh, how would you like another brother? Could you use two? Someone like, uh, well, like me. Oh, no. You wouldn't like me for a brother? No. I'm going to marry you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's settled. Do you want me to teach you a game? A game? Yeah, I'd love it. We could play horsey. Well, that sounds exciting. Uh, what do I do? You get down on the floor on your hands and knees. Do I have to? So don't you want to play with me? <laughs> okay, honey, you would. Now what? Now I get on your back. There. Give me up, horsey! All right, here we go. <laughs> Hang on now. Hang on, honey. <laughs> Hard-boiled Mr. Valentine. Oh, Claire, uh, we're uh, playing horsey. (laughs) You make a beautiful horse. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Claire, this is the girl I'm going to marry. 
Oh, congratulations. Mr. Valentine, Mrs. Martin will see you now. She's in her office, if you'll just follow me. Okay, thanks. Bye, honey. Goodbye, George. See you in about 16 years. Don't forget now. Don't forget now. <laughs> Cute kid. <laughs> her office is on the other side of the play yard. This way, please. Oh, uh, miss, wait a minute. Look, yes. um, I won't bother Mrs. Martin. Uh, you give her a message for me, will you? All right. Just tell her that I personally guarantee that Jimmy Jones will be here for the benefit. And furthermore, he'll be on his horse, too. <laughs> Valentine, I have Mr. Jones on the phone for you now. Oh, thanks, Claire. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, George. What's on your mind? Now, listen, Jimmy, you can't let those kids down. Why, they believe in you. Why, they think you're their big brother. <laughs> Sounds as though you've been out to the orphanage, George. Well, now, look, you know me, Jimmy. I'm not sentimental or anything like that, but... Well, I can't have her disappointed. She named her mouse after me. Her what? Yeah. It's the first time I've ever had a mouse named after me. George, what are you talking about? Just this. You've got to ride Thunderbolt at the benefit. But, George, I told you, since the accident, every time I see a horse, I shake. What'll that do to the kids? Oh, gosh. You're right, Jimmy. No, we can't let them see you that way. Hey, wait a minute. In the movies, you use a double, don't you? What about him? Oh, I thought of him, but it won't work. He's built like me, but he doesn't look like me. The kids will get wise. Well, then all we have to do is to find a double that looks like you. It's a cinch, Jimmy. Leave it to me. Oh, what enough force. What's the matter with you two? All you have to do is to find a man who looks like Jimmy Joe. Well, what was wrong with Red Prescott? His nose turns up. His hair is red. Well, then what about Stanley Burns? Why, he was born on a horse. Yeah, I could see that all right. One leg's bent south and the other bends north. <laughs> what about Mr. Manning? There's a similarity, even if his face is a little long. I told you to find someone who looks like Jimmy, not his horse. Oh, well, it's no use, Mr. Valentine. I give up. But it's just a simple little job. Find a man about six feet tall with dark, wavy hair and blue eyes, a nose that's reasonably straight, not too much chin. Mr. Valentine. What's the matter? Don't you realize who you're describing? Sure, Jimmy Jones. Someone else, too. Huh? You. Me? Hey, that's right. Mr. Valentine, you do look like him. I noticed it the first time I met you. Well, you could be brothers. Why, that's terrific. Claire, get Jimmy on the telephone right away. Tell him I found his double. You really think you found the right person, George? <laughs> I know I found the right person. But is it someone we can trust? Trust? Why, this man is the soul of honor. And what's more, he's got plenty of courage. And a heart of gold. Pure gold. Say, sounds tremendous. Well, I I don't like to brag, Jimmy, but uh, if you were to pin me down, I'd say he is tremendous. Who is he? <laughs> me. You? Sure. Remember how familiar we look to each other? I look like you. Oh, that's where I saw you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's wonderful, George. You don't know how relieved I am. Well, I told you I'd come through with flying colors, Jimmy. Now, be at my office tomorrow morning. Okay. Thanks a million, George. So long, Jimmy. It's all set. See, there ought to be a good fee in this for me. Oh, I'm sure there will be, Mr. Valentine. Jeepers, Mr. Valentine, I can hardly wait for the benefit. I can just see you dashing into the arena on Thunderbolt. Yeah, it'll be a big moment, all right. The kids will be clapping and yelling their heads off, and I'll come dashing into the arena riding on... on... Caesar's ghost. Mr. Valentine, what is it? What's the matter? I just remembered. What's wrong? I've never been on a horse in my life.
wonder if it'll take George a minute or so to figure out what to do in this situation. Meanwhile, I wonder how many of you folks can be sure your cars are ready for winter. In many parts of the West, wherever winter means cold or rain, there'll be an epidemic of car troubles this year. Most folks are driving the same old cars, you see, and they're bound to be a little less reliable simply because they're another year older. So here's a good tip. Drop in at your favorite Chevron gas station and let the Chevron dealer check over your car. He's an expert, and because he's in business for himself, making you a regular customer means a lot to him. So you can bet he'll give your car the best of care. You probably need winter-grade RPM motor oil, or new windshield wiper blades, the battery may need recharging, or your tires could stand a retread job. Whatever it is, find out now before the weather gets really bad. Stop in at your neighborhood Chevron gas station this weekend. George had to find a double for Jimmy Jones, someone who looked like Jimmy and could ride thunderbolts. It finally dawned on all of them that George himself resembles Jimmy, but then he suddenly remembered that he's never been on a horse in his life. Now it's a few minutes later. Oh, that's fine, Mr. Valentine. That's great. You offered to take his place and you've never even been on a horse. Well, there's nothing to it, Mr. Valentine. I'll teach you how to ride. Sonny, you've, you've seen Thunderbolt, haven't you? Sure, lots of times. Is he very active? Oh, yeah, he's a very spirited animal. Oh, a spirited animal, that's what I thought. You're not getting cold feet. Oh, no, 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 of course not. But but those kids will expect to see someone who can at least stay on the top side of the horse. You've got nothing to worry about, Mr. Valentine. I'll teach you how to ride. Sonny's really very good. Our grandfather raised horses in the country. My grandfather raised cane in the city. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Valentine, we better get started right away. Oh, now look, Sonny, I... I want to start nice and easy, understand? Oh, sure. Just leave it to me. I'll have you riding like an old cow hen. Come on. Okay. Claire? Yes, Mr. Valentine. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Valentine. Shall I meet you somewhere for dinner? Yeah. Make it Joe's Hamburger Hut. That's the one place in town we can eat standing up. Yes, sir? Something in toys for the young man? Oh, no. Not for me. For him. For him? A toy for the gentleman? Yeah. He wants to... not so loud. People are listening. Oh, I'll whisper it. Mr. Valentine wants a... He does? Yeah. Yeah, I just want him to get the feel of it. Oh, I see. Well, very well. Second down to the left. Tricycles, scooters, kitty cars... And hobby horses. Hey, you were okay on that hobby horse, Mr. Valentine. Now for your second lesson. Oh, but do you think I'm ready to ride this horse, Sonny? Oh, sure. Okay, then. Boost me up. Okay. There you go. Thanks. Now, put your feet in the stirrups, Mr. Valentine. I guess. Yeah, that's right. Press your knees in. I guess. Yeah, that's good. Now, hold on to the reins with your left hand. That's right. Oh, you look fine, Mr. Valentine. Okay, here we go. Oh, that's good. That's swell. Hang on, Mr. Valentine. Don't fall off. Oh, Sonny. I'm getting dizzy. Sonny, I can't see anything. Sonny, help. Stop this merry-go-round. <laughs> 
beautiful animal, isn't he, Mr. Valentine? Yeah, cute. Very cute. His name's Tornado. Oh, you... How do you do, Tornado? Oh. <laughs> Mr. Valentine, come on down out of the haymow. <laughs> he won't hurt you. Oh, Sonny, I, I... I don't think he likes me. Oh, now, don't be silly, Mr. Valentine. Come on. Get up on him. But do you think I'm ready for a real live horse? The only way we can find out is to try. Come on. Say, he's up awfully high, isn't he? He's no higher than most horses. Well, couldn't I try one of the smaller models first? Like that one over there? Mr. Valentine, that's a Shetland pony. You don't want to ride him. <laughs> Why not? He has a very kind face. Come on, now. Get up on Tornado. All right. Nice Tornado. Stand still, boy. I said, stand still. Sonny, tell him to stand still. It's okay. Just jump up on him. Well, maybe he won't like it. He's used to it. Go ahead, Mr. Valentine. Put one foot in the stirrup and swing the other one over. All right. Here I go. Mr. Valentine, wait. I think I'll make it. But, Mr. Valentine... It's all right, Sonny. I'm... Sonny, what's happened to this horse? Where's his head? <laughs> Get down, Mr. Valentine. You put the wrong foot in the stirrup. Oh, is that it? I thought there was something wrong. Now, try it again. Remember, your left foot in the stirrup, your right foot swings over. Oh, it's no use, Sonny. You can't teach an old horse new tricks. He's not old. No, but I am. Come on, now, let's get back to the office. But, Mr. Valentine, what about the benefit? How will you be able to take Mr. Jones's place and ride Thunderbolt? Well, it's no use, Sonny. I can't do it. Jeepers, I wish I could ride Thunderbolt. Well, so do I. I'd like nothing better than to have... Sonny, why not? Huh? Of course. There's our answer. You'll ride Thunderbolt. But, George, I don't get it. You do look like me, so why can't you take my place? Why don't you tell him, Mr. Valentine? Now, Claire, I'll handle this in my own way. Jeepers, Mr. Jones, please let me ride Thunderbolt. I can handle him honest. Just ask my sister. Will you keep quiet, Sonny? You see, Jimmy, I'm afraid that someone might catch on that I'm not you. Oh, do you think so? Well, I suppose there'll be reporters there. Yeah, I imagine so. And what if they find out? It'll ruin everything. Please, Mr. Jones. I know Thunderbolt and I'll get along okay. Yes, Sonny's very good with horses. He's been riding since he was a baby. But how can we work it? Sonny certainly doesn't look like me. Well, Jimmy, I got this all figured out. Now, look, it's simple. You walk out and talk to the kids, you know, make a speech. Yeah. Then I imagine they'll begin yelling for Thunderbolt. Oh, you can count on that. Well, fine, fine. Now then, when that happens, you say you brought Thunderbolt along, all right, but that you'd like to feel like a kid again and sit in the audience with them. Go on, then what happens? Well, then you say, uh, how about one of you kids riding Thunderbolt? Who'd like to try it? Uh Uh-huh. Now then, Sonny is sitting right in the front row. You can't miss him. And when you say, who'd like to ride Thunderbolt, Sonny jumps up and yells, let me, mister, let me. Let me, mister, let me. Yeah, that's the idea. And, Jimmy, no matter how many kids yell, you choose Sonny. Understand? Oh, of course. I wouldn't dare take a chance on someone who didn't know horses. Now, how does it sound, Jimmy? It sounds okay, George, but you sure nothing will go wrong? Listen to him. Now, Jimmy, I tell you, it can't miss. Why, what could possibly go wrong? children in all your life, Mr. Valentine? It looks as if all the kids in town are here. All except Sonny. Now, stop worrying about Sonny. He'll show up. But he should be here now. What's happened to him? Well, I know he went to a movie early this afternoon. Then I think he planned to buy some riding boots. Riding boots? I can't save this place for him much longer. Why can't he be on time? Oh, just be patient, Mr. Valentine. But they're getting ready to start the show. Oh, where is that boy? 
Well, it's not like Sonny to be late. Well, it's your fault, Claire. You should have brought him with you. That's right. Blame me for it. I always get... Oh, Mr. Valentine, they're going to begin. Here comes Jimmy Jones now. Howdy, kids! Oh, where's that Sonny? Well, I can't imagine what's keeping him. Now, hold it, kids. Hold it. First, I want to tell you how much it means to me to be here again. You know, every year I look forward to my visit to the Brookdale Orphanage because it's just like coming home again for me. Where is he? Where's that Sonny? What if he doesn't show up? <laughs> but I didn't come here to make a speech. I just wanted to say hello to all my friends, to all my little brothers and sisters. Mr. Valentine, you have to ride Thunderbolt. Oh, that's impossible. I don't even know on which side to get on. Now, is there anything I can do for you, kid? Thunderbolt! Mr. Valentine. Claire, think of something. You can't let one of them ride him. It would be dangerous. Well, it would be dangerous for me, too. Now, take it easy, kid. Take it easy. Take it easy. That's it. Thunderbolt is here, all right, but... Look, I, I'm sort of tired of riding. I want to sit down there with the rest of you, with my friends. Here it comes. How about one of you riding Thunderbolt? Mr. Valentine. Who would like to ride? Mr. Valentine. Come on, who wants to ride Thunderbolt? Mr. Mr. Here's someone who wants to ride Thunderbolt. Go on, George, go Claire, on. Claire, Claire, stop pushing me. You've got to go now, George. There's no other way out. Oh, now, Claire. Come on, you've got to do it. What a spot you put me in, George. George. Hello, Jimmy. How do you feel? What's happened to Son? He just didn't show up. But, George, what are we going to do? The kids are waiting. Somebody's got to ride Thunderbolt. George will ride. Now, Claire. I guess you'll have to, George. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I'd like to. Really, I would. But I... Well, I just can't. Now, George. What do you mean? What are you talking about? What's the matter with you, George? Nothing. Except that I've never been on a horse in my life. Oh, I, you've never been on a horse in your life. That's right. Oh, this is a fine time to tell me. What about all these kids? They're waiting. Listen, Jimmy, I'd never be able to get up on them. But, George, them. And if I did get up on them, I'd never be able to stay there. But you said and if you... I did stay there, I'd die of fright. Oh, <laughs> I ought to wring your neck. Now, that won't help any. But what am I going to do? Well, uh, uh, tell him you just noticed that Thunderbolt is indisposed. Yeah, tell him he has a headache. Who ever heard of a horse with a headache? <laughs> well, he's a very unusual animal. A very... These kids believe in me. Well, they've been looking forward to this day for months. Then why don't you ride Thunderbolt? Me? Yes, you. All right, I will. Mr. Jones, you can't. I can't let these kids down. I'll ride him if it kills me. Mr. Valentine, stop him. Oh, Mr. Valentine, he's getting up on Thunderbolt. Mr. teeter-totter. Oh. Why didn't you stay in the arena? Well, I... I just couldn't take it. But, George, it was all right. Jimmy was magnificent. What happened? He rode Thunderbolt just as though nothing had ever gone wrong. The kids went wild. Yeah, I heard them screaming, but I thought the worst. Jimmy's looking for you. He wants to talk to you. Oh, yeah, I'll bet he does. Come on, let's get out of here. But he's anxious to see you. Anxious to break my neck. Oh, now, George. But what else would he want to see me for? I was certainly a lot of help to him. Just when he needed me, I... I failed him. Now, George. Suppose you do think I'm a coward. Oh, of course not. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead. Don't hold back. Tell me what you think. No, I think... Please don't say it, Claire. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> this has been a very happy day for me, George. It's a pleasant change to see you this way. What way? I don't get it. Well, you're usually so sure of yourself. But now you're... Well, you're just like a little boy. <laughs> you mean... Uh, you mean you'd like to take me in your arms? Well, well, if you have any kind of an urge, Claire, don't suppress it. It isn't good for you. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Oh, 
Say that again. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Say that again. Oh, George, you're wonderful. Say that again. Jimmy! Ah, <laughs> oh, you talk about acting. Why, your acting makes mine look silly. Acting? Who's acting? <laughs> Why, do you know you really had me convinced that you were afraid to ride Thunderbolt? <laughs> and that's just what you wanted me to think, wasn't it, George? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I wanted you to think, all right. <laughs> sure, you had to trick me into riding Thunderbolt. Trick you? You know that once I got on him, I'd get my confidence back and I'd be cured. Oh, yes, of course. That's what I had in mind, all right. George! <laughs> well, it was wonderful psychology, George. I, I don't know how I can thank you. Oh, well, that's all right, Jimmy. Forget it. <laughs> Glad to help you out. George, are you trying to make me believe it was all an act? Well, of course. What else? Why, I'm crazy about horses. There's nothing I like better than to ride on a really spirited merry-go-round. <laughs> I know that, George. But I couldn't let on, even to you, Claire. I was afraid you might give it away. Oh, you see? Sure, I had to make the act look good, didn't I, Jimmy? <laughs> Why, of course. <laughs> Why, of course. Uh, will you excuse me now? Mrs. Martin wants to say. Oh, sure, Jimmy. Go right ahead. But uh, stick around. I have something to show you. So it was all an act, huh? Uh, natural. Then you really like horses. Like them? Why, I love them. There's nothing I like better than a brisk canter down the bridle path. And to think that I bothered to feel sorry for you. Hey, Mr. Valentine, when does it start? When do I write Thunderbolt? Sonny, what happened to you? Where have you been? Well, I went to see Jimmy Jones and Thunderbolt in their new picture. But, Sonny, that was this morning. Yeah, I know, but it was so good I stayed to see it four times. <laughs> oh, Sonny. Never mind, Sonny. We didn't need you. We got along okay, didn't we, Claire? Hmm. Say, I'll bet I'll be able to get a good fee out of this. How much do you think I can stick him for? You ought to be ashamed to take anything. Oh, listen to her. George! Jo oh, I'm glad you didn't leave. Come with me. I got a little present for you. A present? I was afraid you wouldn't accept any money from me, George. That would be just like him, wouldn't it, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> How well you know him. <laughs> so I decided to give you something else. Give me something yeah. else? A little present. I think you'll like him, George. Like him? He's a full brother to Thunderbolt. A horse? <laughs> of course, he's a little wild yet, but think of the fun you'll have breaking him in. George will be back in a moment. Meanwhile, neighborliness, it always seems to me, is as American as hot dogs at a ball game. Most of us can spot it right away and appreciate it, too. It's one reason, I think, why many motorists like to drive into Chevron gas stations. They're all locally run, you know. Since they're home folks, Chevron dealers are mighty accommodating. Every time you stop at a cream green and burgundy station, you know you're trading with a chap who's in business for himself, anxious to please you because his success depends upon it. And there's another point worth remembering. Every Chevron gas station carries RPM-compounded motor oil and climate-tailored Chevron Supreme Gasoline. They all honor Chevron credit cards, too. So just about everything a motorist looks for, he'll find at those neighborly Chevron gas stations. Try them when you're out for a drive this weekend. Well, next week, George finds himself in the middle of a lot of excitement. You'll probably hear him say something like this. Mr. Valentine. Yes? How are you feeling? Oh, fine. Great. Never felt better. Yeah? Well, enjoy your help while you got it. It won't last. That's all? Get out of town, Mr. Valentine. Mr. Valentine, what was that all about? What was it? The same fellow who's been phoning me right along. 
He's still worried about my health. Stay tuned for Duffy's Tavern next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you eat meat to eat? Archie the man you're speaking. Duffy ain't here. Hello, Duffy. Huh? Yeah, quite a party here last night. Well, you know, it was the annual meeting of the Third Avenue Shillelagh and Friendship Society. Uh, so around 10 o'clock, uh, everything was going along kind of quiet. You know, a few broken windows, and some cracked skulls, a couple of fractured ribs, and then suddenly it started. <laughs> the rowdy element from Second Avenue moved in. Well, the first thing you know, the fight was on. Duffy, you should have seen the place. There were so many teeth scattered around, the floor looked like it was smiling. <laughs> what a floor. Yeah. yeah. After the battle, uh, you know, just to see what happened to people, we counted noses. Uh, there were six missing. <laughs> no, not people, noses. <laughs> well, look, I gotta hang up. I'm uh, just checking a list of the damages here. Eddie... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eddie, uh, we got to make a list of the damages for the insurance company. Yeah. Now, take this down. Okay. Thirteen broken legs. Thirteen broken legs. Yeah. Two chairs, one table, and a tourist from Hoboken. <laughs> Let's see. Articles missing. Uh, one sterling uh, silver beer mug, value $500. Roger, we never had no $500 beer mug. I said this was for the insurance company. <laughs> Uh, say, speaking of missing articles, where was you last night while the battle was going on? Me? Oh, I was taking a walk. How come? I had a sudden craving to die of old age. <laughs> well, ashamed of you, Eddie. I'm glad at least that I ain't the kind of a guy that runs away from a fight. No, you would have to carry away. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, you should have been here last night. What happened? Well, there I was. You say you wasn't here last night? No. You sure? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ain't talked to nobody that was here? No. Well, sir, there I was. <laughs> me back to the wall, see, with these three tough guys closing in on me. So I think fast, and I see there's only one thing to do. So I do it. What? I swing from the floor and knock all three of them out with one punch. Three with one punch? Now, how is that possible? I just hit him. I don't explain him. <laughs> so, the next thing I do... Uh... Pick up the three guys and toss them into the gutter. Who's telling this story? <laughs> Sorry. So, like I was saying, I pick up these three guys and toss them into the gutter. <laughs> Eddie, I was like a man biting a dog. Oh, boy. Say, that must have been quite a battle last night. Miss Duffy, all I know is any guy on 3rd Avenue that ain't got a broken nose this morning is a dame. <laughs> it's a lucky thing I was here to keep things from getting out of hand. What did you do? What did I do? All I did was... You say you wasn't here last night? Right. Are you sure? Yeah. And you ain't talked to nobody that was here? No. Well, sir, there I was. Think <laughs> back to the wall. <clears throat> when these uh, characters start rushing me, see? Six of them. Now, hold it, hold it. 
A minute ago, there was only three. A minute ago, I didn't know my own strength. <laughs> so as I was saying, Miss Duffy, I let fly with me Sunday haymaker, see? And I knocked all six of them into the alley. Six men with one punch? Archie, that don't make sense. In the heat of battle, who stops for logic? <laughs> what a brawl, though. As I start hitting these guys, they're laying all over the place. I'm telling you, I ain't never seen such a mess. Hello, uh, Finnegan. Uh, hi, I heard it was quite a shindig here last night. Wasn't you here? No. Are you sure? Sure. You ain't talked to nobody that was here? No. Well, sir, <laughs> there I was. Me back to the wall. Twelve guys jumping me. Twelve? Quiet, I'm rolling. So... <laughs> Anyways, I pick out this big guy. He must have been seven feet tall, see? Well, fellas, I'd rather not talk about it. Oh, go on, Arch. Tell us. I'd rather not. Uh, us unsung heroes have got sort of a code, uh, what we call false modesty. <laughs> oh, come on now. T tell us some more. I'd, I'd rather not talk about it. Then. Okay, have it your way. Will you quit interrupting? <laughs> So as I was saying, this seven-foot bruiser starts picking on me. So I throw him over my shoulder, see, and bounce him on the floor a couple of times, sir. You mean a seven-foot tall and you threw him over your shoulder? It's an old Japanese leverage trick. Uh, <clears throat> what they call Harry Carey. <laughs> well, to make a long story short, before the night's over, I have mayhemed at least 12 guys, see? Oh, boy. You know what? You always was a great fighter. I remember when you was in school, you could lick anybody in the fourth grade. No wonder. At that time, he was in the eighth grade. <laughs> well, just the same. I'll bet he's the bravest guy in the world. Right, Arch? Why, well, wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, I would. Well, I suppose after last night, I do have a terrific reputation. Boy, uh, but you're the greatest fighter in the world. Well, now, Benick. Look, Archie, I ain't the kind of guy that goes around looking for autographs, but do me a favor, will you? What? So I'll be able to tell me grandchildren, punch me in the nose. <laughs> Look, Finnegan, if I ever hit you, you won't have no grandchildren. Oh, come on, Art. You're a friend of mine. Please, knock me out. Sorry, Finnegan, but I got to save me strength for emergencies. Now, uh, as I was saying, this guy was seven feet tall. Yeah, see? yeah. So no sooner do I get through with him than his big brother comes in. About eight feet tall. Give or take an inch. <laughs> Well, anyway, this guy comes up to me, see, hey, and... bartender, I'd like a drink. Later, bud, I'm telling a story. So, like I say, this uh, eight-foot guy is toting a rod. He's standing there with his brass knuckles emptying the nickels out of the pinball machine. Well, right away, I can see that he's a troublemaker, see? Hey, pal, I said that I would like a drink. Look, will you stop interrupting? Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. So I goes over to him, and I says, look, chum... Did you come in here looking for trouble? Thing? Hey, look, Doc, I am becoming iked. Am I gonna get that drink? Quiet, will you? I'm doing a talking here. Hey, bud, you ain't gonna be doing a talking very long if I shove me fist down your throat. Hmm. Doc, <laughs> right, why don't you suck this guy? Quiet. The... Quiet. <laughs> The gentleman is talking. <clears throat> you were saying something, sir? I was about to say that you are a stinking bartender. <laughs> well, sir, uh, 
I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. <laughs> Just a minute, bud. You better not talk to Archie that way. You know, last night he beat up 40 guys like you. Uh, please, uh, leave us not poor, our guest. Now, uh, look, what kind of a drink would you like, Mr. Uh, uh... McGurk is the name. Spike McGurk. And now I don't want to drink because I don't like being ignored, and I don't like fresh bartenders, and I don't like you. But, Mr. McGurk... You talk too much. Good night, punk. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you and who else? <laughs> Funny, you never think of them clever answers until it's too late. <laughs> well, sir, as I was saying... Uh, don't talk to me, Arch. What's the matter? Letting that McGuck push you around. Well, Funny, you know how hot-headed I am. It took a lot of self-control to keep so cool. Cool, you was positively shivering. <laughs> But you said last night you beat up 12 guys. Arch, were you just lying? Finnegan, you know, if I was lying, I'd have made a 14. Well, then how come you was afraid of just one guy? I wasn't afraid. It's just that I fight best when the odds is against me. Well, all I know is when I stood there and saw McGuick insulting you and I saw you stand there and take it, uh, well, I hate to say it. Why? Arch... Something died inside of me. <laughs> made me made me feel ashamed that I was a man. Now look, Clifton. I don't like to say it, but goodbye, coward. <laughs> look like he lost a friend. Yeah, I'm really a little ashamed of myself, Eddie. I've known a guy all my life, and his friendship means a lot to me. Guess there's only one thing to do. What? Lick McGurk. <laughs> Are you kidding? One punch on the chin and you'd be out cold. Are you and Fur and I have a glass jaw? All I'm saying is the last guy that hit you there wound up with seven years bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> Nevertheless, I gotta show Finnegan I ain't no coward. No sacrifice is too great to keep a friend's friendship. Hey, wait a minute. Here he comes back. Uh, now, look, Arch. Finnegan, are you still talking to me? Sure, can't you tell? <laughs> well, sometimes it's hard. But uh, anyhow, I got news for you. I'm going to fight McGuick. Well, I... Uh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, I knew you would have let me down, Arch. Shake. Okay, put it there. <clears throat> Ouch! Be careful, Finnegan. Uh, that's the hand that's going to knock out Spike McGurk. Boss, <laughs> oh, just makes me the happiest man in the world. You see, Eddie, it don't make much to make a friend happy. All I got to do is go out and get myself killed. <laughs> Inhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. <laughs> What you doing? Uh, I'm training for the fight, Eddie. I'm doing my breathing exercises. Sir. Yeah, after Spike McGirt gets through with you, you won't have to worry about breathing. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't be so sure about that. You know, where I come from, we chew rust and spit nails. <laughs> that man is twice as big as you. 
So what? Size ain't everything. Remember the story of David and Goliath? I'm the David type. <laughs> well, you certainly can sling it. <laughs> Eddie, stop interrupting me training, will you? Now, uh, where'd I put that glass of carrot juice? Carrot juice? Yeah, it gives you calcium. What? What? All you got to do is wait, man. You get plenty of calcium during the fight. What do you mean? McGurk will knock your teeth down your throat. <laughs> Eddie, brute force ain't everything. Remember, in boxing, it takes brain as well as brawn. Okay, so you're a two-time loser. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, just wait till I get in condition now. Uh, give me another drink of that carrot juice. Hey, Archie, why do you keep drinking that stuff for? It's good for me, Miss Duffy. It puts hair on my chest. Oh. Care for some? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think you better do some boxing? Yeah, who can I use for sparring partner? Hmm. Eddie, I don't like to ask you to do this. You know, boxing is a kind of a rough sport, but how about going a couple of rounds with me? Be happy to. Nothing doing, you're too anxious. <laughs> Let's see, who else is there? Uh, how about you? I happen to be a woman. Who has to know? <laughs> No, thanks. Okay, let's see. Who else is there? Hey, Arch. Oh, hello, Joe. Hey, I hear you're going to fight Spike McGurk. That's right. Do you really want to look good against him? Well, certainly I do. Then, before the fight, put a little Vitalis on your hair. Because with Vitalis on the hair, everybody looks good. Tell me, why is that, Joe? Because Vitalis and the 60-second workout tames down dry, unruly hair and helps keep it handsome and healthy looking, and without a greasy patent leather shine. No mineral oil and Vitalis, you know. No, just carrot juice. <laughs> no, Vitalis contains only pure vegetable oil, and the Vitalis 60-second workout refreshes and stimulates your scalp, actually prevents hair and scalp dryness. So, Arch, take my tip. Before the fight, put a little Vitalis on your hair. Well, why, Joe? The referee ain't gonna be a dame. I know, but at least when they carry you out of the ring, you'll be well-groomed. Oh. Uh, Miss Archer, why don't you give up this fight with McGirt? I can't, Eddie. I told you. I gotta prove to Finnegan that, that I ain't a coward. Besides, I'm getting in pretty good shape here. Uh, feel this muscle. Mmm. What does it feel like? J-E-L-L-O! My eyes, are you getting in shape? Never felt better in my life, Finnegan. Good, I'll go tell my guy you're ready for it. Uh, just a minute. Uh, believe us, not being a rush about this. What? You ain't gonna let me down again, are you? Well, no, it's just that I feel I could use a little more training. Eddie, the carrot juice, please. <laughs> Eight, nine, ten. <clears throat> well, that takes chair of chest exercises. Eddie, uh, measure me up again, will you? Uh, yeah, now, let's see. Neck, 15 inches. Shoulders. Hmm. Something wrong? No, I was just wondering, what keeps your collar from sliding down over your shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Arch, you look in great shape. 
Well, uh, yes. Shall uh, I go get my gut? Well, we don't have to hurry. I ain't quite finished my training yet. Eddie, uh, pass me the carrot juice, please. <laughs> Inhale, exhale, exhale, inhale. Well, how'd you go, Art? Uh, pretty good, Finnegan. You uh, had plenty of carrot juice? Yeah, loaded with it. Good, then you won't mind the surprise. What's the surprise? Well, McGurk is on his way That's over. That's nice. I... Would you mind to repeat that? Well, I told him you was ready, so he's on his way over for the fight. And Arch, I want to tell you, I'm mighty proud of you. <laughs> I'll go get you some more character. McGurk is on his way over. Eddie, Eddie, how am I going to get out of this? I can't fight this guy. I, I got me career to think of. Your career? Well, for fighting might, might ruin me fingers for mixing martinis. <laughs> now, maybe you should challenge him to a duel. With swords? A pistol. Eddie, you just give me an idea. What? How about I just challenge him to a debate? Miss <laughs> Arts, if you want to keep Finnegan's friendship, there ain't no way you can get out of this. But, Eddie, me, me nerves are all jittery. Look, look, turn on the radio. Maybe some music will relax me, huh? Okay. Friends, do you need accident insurance? <laughs> Eddie, I said music. Well, I'm trying. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. I'll, I'll try another station, then. And what a fight it is at Madison Square Garden. The crowd is yelling for blood. I'm sorry. Leave it on. Maybe I'll get a few pointers. <laughs> what a massacre. Left him alone, lashes out. And once again, battling Donovan goes down. He gets up and runs into another slashing right. And then a left. And then another right. Donovan is now hanging out of the ropes. And, uh-oh, the referee is stopping the fight. It's a merciful end to a bitter battle, folks. Fight fans haven't seen a slaughter like this since that memorable night six years ago when Kid Hogan was so brutally beaten by that roughest fighter of all time, Spike McGurk. Care for some carrot juice? Did you hear that? That's the guy that's coming down here to malfeast me. <laughs> Eddie, what am I going to do? <laughs> You've got to get hold of yourself. Get some confidence. I got plenty of confidence, but it's all in McGurk. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should do the sportsman-like thing, huh? What's that? Get out of town. <laughs> Uh-oh. It's too late. What do you mean? Look what just come in the door. Spike McGurk. Oh, quick, Eddie. Eddie, we've got to act fast. What you going to do? Well, there's only, thing we, only one thing we can do, Eddie. Uh, yeah? You throw the bum out. I... <laughs> throw him out? Man, I'm buying this gentleman a drink. Oh, no. Man, I was tipped off that a certain pony has been begging for a fight, so that I thought I would drop over and oblige the crumb. <laughs> good evening, sir. Uh, may I bid you good evening, Mr. McGuire? Who are you? Friend of the loser. <laughs> Well, here he is, Josh. Go ahead. Tell him all. Now, look, McGurk. Uh, uh... That's telling him. <laughs> Give me a chance, Eddie. I'll tell him. Now, first, let me tell you what I think of you, see? I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you act. In fact, I don't like anything about you. Well, none of us is perfect. <laughs> 
Osh, I hope I wasn't right when I called you a coward. Okay, McGurk, would you care to step outside? <laughs> would you repeat that? <laughs> would you care to step outside? <laughs> Let's go. Okay, you go outside and I'll stay inside. <laughs> Come on, quit stalling. But, but McGurk, we got a rule here at the tavern. Uh, no, no fighting allowed without boxing gloves. Right, Eddie? Right. And uh, we don't happen to have no boxing gloves. <laughs> right, Eddie? Right. Oh, there's boxing gloves right there on the wall. <laughs> I wonder if his friendship is worth it. <laughs> Come on, Arch. I'll help you put the gloves on. Well, we all got to go sometime. Okay, Finnegan. Hey, Eddie, Eddie, help me with my gloves, will you? Yeah, okay, champ. Uh, look, look, Mr. McGurk, come here. Sir. Yeah? Uh, could you kind of take it easy on Mr. Archer, you know, sort of leave him living a little bit? <laughs> Why should I? Well, you see, he, he, he ain't such a bad guy, you see. The, the, the reason he talked himself into this fight is on account of his friend, Mr. Finnegan. See, he didn't... He didn't want him to think he was a coward. Oh, so, so that's it, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, I can understand how the guy feels. I remember I was a little scared once before a fight. I'll never forget the look in me kid brother's eyes. Oh, he lost all his faith in me that night. Yeah, <laughs> I can understand how this Archie feels. Eddie, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you. I think I am going to let him win. Oh, thank you, <laughs> Miss McGrath. That's nice of you. Well, I got the gloves on. Well, that's good. Let's fight. You realize, sir, this is your last chance to back out. <laughs> Cut the conversation, will you? Come on, come on, hit me. Uh, just a second. <laughs> Mercy me, I think I smelled something burning in the kitchen. <laughs> come back here, I'm in a hurry. Now, look, will you just make a fist, hold out your arm, and I'll run into it. <laughs> Wait a minute, I, I just remembered I gotta go over to the library. I, I got a book that's overdue. Ah, <laughs> don't be scared. Last night you beat up 12 guys. Last night I was a much younger man. <laughs> My former friend... I'm afraid that you are a coward. Okay. That did it. McGurk, here it comes. Yeah! Ouch. <laughs> Please, mister, do not hit me no more. I have had enough, and you have emerged victorious. <laughs> Boy, Arch, I'm proud of you. Thank you, Finnegan. Well, champ, so long and congratulations. Just a minute. <laughs> Come back here. Huh? I ain't through with you, McGurk. <laughs> Mr. Archie, now, please. Uh, put out of this, Eddie. Look, McGurk, I don't like your face. I don't like the way you talk. And I don't like you. Now, look, pal, will you leave well enough alone? Don't talk that way to me, you punk. Put up your dukes. Ah, there's blood on the moon tonight. <laughs> pal, I am trying to be nice to you, but don't push your luck too far. Yella, huh? Take this, McGurk. Ah! Speak to me! <laughs> oh, that dirty McGurk! Eddie, give me that bottle. 
Hey, look, McGuck. Your shoelace is untied. It is? Yeah. Now, take that. That did it. Now, Eddie, let's pick Arch up. All right. Hey, where, where am I? You all right, Arch? What, what happened? Hey. Hey, look at McGuck. Out cold on the floor. That's right. You see, fellas, that carrot juice is pretty strong stuff. <laughs> and after this, Finnegan, when you talk about somebody being a coward, look the other way, will you? leave Duffy's Tavern for this evening, but let's meet here again at the same time next Wednesday when our guests will be Ann Southern and Jimmy Durante. Duffy's Tavern is brought to you by Vitalis for well-groomed hair and Truchet, the hand lotion with the beforehand extra. Each Wednesday, Bristol Myers brings you Duffy's Tavern and Mr. District Attorney, which follows immediately over most of these stations. Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons, followed by our Miss Brooks. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.